Giants have been in the culture of Earth for as long as it's been around, it seems. Um, almost every culture, every continent has stories of giants. And I'm not talking about the Jolly Green Giant or Paul Bunyan. I am talking about man-eating giants, uh, giants of great stature, great height, great abilities, giants that could um, build incredible buildings. Almost every megalithic, megalithic structure on earth has some folklore or le legends or myth about giants actually having built many of them. Um, and so I find that to be very intriguing that all along the world, the most incredible structures that we find have something to do with giants. And like I said, in every single culture around the world, uh, we always see some kind of giants um, in almost every single one. Um, one that was a little bit hard that I didn't do a lot of research on, but I don't know much about would be China. And I just think that their information is probably more locked down than everybody else's in it. I've seen, you know, uh, giant humans uh, that they have pictures of. Tajing, I think his name is. Um, super tall person. Um, kind of like uh, Robert Wadlow. Uh, yeah, I think he was the tallest human at eight in modern history and eight feet, 11 inches. He was nearly nine feet tall. But when you talk about those people, they're really, you know, they're homo sapiens with, they're extremely tall. But they have lots of problems. They can't. They normally don't get very old. Uh, they're not. I mean, you know, what I mean, they're frail. Uh, the the older they get, the more frail they get. You know, their joints wear out. They're not very. Um, these are not very scary giants. These are, you know, these people that we see in modern day times that reach that kind of height, seven or eight or nine feet or whatever. Uh, I think they're probably. Um, blood related to these giants probably passed down through the generations but um when we're talking about giants of the past we're talking about really big not just necessarily tall but their stature was bigger meaning their bone structure was bigger their muscles were bigger even a seven or eight foot tall you know giant that we're talking about that's a different species other than homo sapien and again we have some seven foot tall we got Shaquille O'Neal seven one I think Yao Ming um, is nearly seven, seven or something like that. Um, I mean, those are big guys and they're, they're pretty agile and they can move around a bit. Um, but again, we're talking about, you know, even beings that were seven or eight feet tall that were much, much bigger in stature, much larger bones. And then some that well beyond seven, eight, nine, 10, 15, 20 feet. There are some stories of some giants around the world being in the twenties and thirties. Uh, 30 feet something tall 36 feet tall I think is one of the tallest ones I've uh, read about so Cyclops is one that's a uh, you know we hear about from um, Homer's Iliad and uh, you know Odysseus and meeting the Cyclops and um, you know and a lot of people say Homer stories were just stories made up stories but literally you know the the Trojan horse you know they thought that was a, a fake story but someone took the story itself and went and found the city of Troy based on the story. So, you know, to just throw his you know, stuff away and call it legend and mythology and say that it's not real, I think is a big disservice. I mean, these are all records and stories of things that I believe honestly truly happened. And, um, 
the Cyclops, they're not just one Cyclops. And I think the multiple Cyclopians, I think that's how you say it, um, or multiple Cyclops, but you know, there was literally islands of Cyclops people who lived there um, of giant stature. Stonehenge is one of the legends of Stonehenge is that it was literally built by giants, by giant people. Um, you know, it makes sense. They're, those stones are super big. How they got them there, they either levitated them or someone of great stature was able to move them. Uh, I'm not going to claim, see here and claim to know exactly how it happened, but certainly uh, just modern day Homo sapiens uh, without the use of magic or something else. I just don't see these people being able to pull these huge blocks around, drag them around, and pick them up, and put them on top of other stones. I mean, like I said, it's either giants or some kind of uh, levitation, uh, which which people would deem back in the back in history as um, you know magic. I already got a block. There it is. So yeah, I think I think it's possible that um, giants could have definitely had something to do with it. I mean, all around Stonehenge itself is just a huge burial ground of graves and stuff. Um, so Sumerian is our first civilization that we uh, we tend to have the most record about and understanding. Um, Sumerian is where Iraq is today, Babylon, Mesopotamia, the cradle of civil civilization, as it's called. Um, the Sumerian people had the first, you know, governments and everything, man, school systems. And they were the ones who created time as we know it, as far as 12 hours, 12 hours, 24 hour cycle, 60 minutes, 60 seconds. Sumerians are all, all about that. They're the ones that created that time scale that way. Um, and on their tablets, you can see to the left, these are the Sumerians over here, the modern day people. And then this is their God, um, to the right of them. That guy is at least two, probably three times as tall as the average human over here on the left-hand side. Um, and there's a lot going on in the scroll. One thing I would just add right here, I believe this, uh, little circle right here is probably sound technology and able to move things. So. That's one of the things that these people had. Um, and the Sumerians all say they got their information, you know, from these gods that came from Nibiru. Those from those from which came from heaven came down um, and started these civilizations and created man, according to them. They created the Adamu, plural, the Adam, and he was their slave to mine gold for them, and they created a whole slave race. Uh, that's their stories, that's their legends. Um, they had, you know, incredible information at the time. Uh, they had all the planets, including Pluto, which we didn't discover until like 1930. They had the sun being the center of all the planets. They had another planet called Nibiru that they say these Anunnaki people came from. One second. Uh, again, here's another cylinder scroll with, uh, you know, these are made of rock. But the one in the middle is the, uh, the sun, obviously, with the planets all around it, with the extra planet. And again, you know, looking at this guy sitting across from these other two, uh, if he was to stand up, he's going to be much taller than the other two guys standing down. Um, this is Gilgamesh. And uh, it's just a statue, but you guys know Gilgamesh is pretty much the equivalent of Noah. And so, you know, he, he fights the flood and everything and has to build an ark, whatever. Um, but the, what's interesting about this picture is you might think that is like a little kitty cat that he's holding, but that is a lion. That is straight up a lion that this dude is holding. He's holding a lion and he looks much bigger 
than the bigger, the biggest guy I know that could hold a line, holding a line. Um, this guy's a giant. Gilgamesh is a giant. And the same thing in Sumerian as well. Uh, this is a god. That's not a cat. You can see the mane around it. This is a lion. He's holding a lion like a cat. This is, this is a giant. This is a, a man of great stature, um, you know, probably very physically strong. Muscles are probably bigger than that of an average, who knows, eight, nine, ten foot tall, uh, being uh, much stronger than that of someone else who's just, uh, you know, would be considered very tall. Uh, in Egypt, I think this is fascinating that they have these incredibly tall statues of humans or people or gods, you know, rather. Um, and you can see this, the size scale with the people here on the ground. I mean, these people are humongous. And why would little tiny humans want to make humans or gods or statues or whatever you want to call it so big? Why would they carve out the stone? These are sitting. These dudes are sitting down. How tall are they going to be standing up? Um, you can see the people at the bottom of the screen. Um, you know, and according to the Egyptians, you know, these 15 foot tall people were like fifth dimensional beings. Remember I said that because at the end, I'm going to pull all this thing back together into a way you're going to blow your mind probably. But they were saying that these higher dimensional beings were much taller than the average person. Um, you know, and maybe that's exactly what these Anunnaki people were uh, and other beings throughout the galaxies who have grown to be much taller stature, uh, visiting other planets all around the world, all around the galaxy, the universe. But surely we'll find these kinds of um, quotes all around the world in every culture, like I said, in almost every um, ancient text, but the Bible is definitely not one that, you know, it's definitely one you'll find the same things, you know, no matter what anybody says, I can, I'll go back and look in the Old Testament to find so many things about the Bible, in the Bible about giants, it's incredible, but you're literally on one of your first pages, Genesis 6, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, because they were fair, basically because they look good. Um, this is literally saying that giant people came down from the sky and had sex with women on earth. Now, you have, there's only two ways. Well, there's three things. One, this is a totally false statement, totally false, made up. It's not real at all. Number two, people came out of another dimension called heaven, right, and came down to earth in a perfect place Nothing could be any better. They're going to leave that dimension and come into another dimension. Okay. Number three, people from the heavens, everything outside of Earth's atmosphere, the heavens, came from other star systems, other planets, and came here. And the, the you know, God created us all in his image, all in his likeness. So literally, we're all, you know, more like family, brothers and sisters. And we all probably look more like, I mean, you think of the Fibonacci sequence, the golden ratio, two eyes, one nose, one mouth, you know, five fingers, two legs, two arms, one head. This is, you know, that's how life is for the most part, bilateral, bilateral symmetry that we have on our planet. It's likely that the same thing is uh, probably what's going to happen to other planets. We look like them because they helped create us. The Sumerians said the Anunnaki took their DNA, mixed it with the DNA of the people on the planet and created homo sapiens. 
Um, so we look like them. But we all look alike, you know, even if we're going to evolve naturally, we're all going to still look very similar. Numbers 13, 33, again, in the Bible. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak. And again, I'm a country boy, so enunciation is not my best, but I'll do, I'll do my best to, to try to enunciate words as best I can. Which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So literally saying, and, and this is Numbers, so Numbers, Deuteronomy, and the Old Testament, the Torah, all the, the books of, of um, Moses, when they're all searching for the promised land and they're all going out and going to these different places, he sends people out, he sends scouts out all the time to different cities and they would come back and he would say, you know, what did you see over there? And he's like, we saw dudes that were so big, we were literally but grasshoppers to them. Now, you're not talking, I mean, a seven or eight foot tall or nine foot tall, 10 foot tall person, yeah, you, that's a humongous person. But I still think that the word grasshopper isn't even relevant to someone who's probably 10 feet tall. Uh, I would say when you're talking about someone that you're a grasshopper to, it's much, much bigger than that. And they came back and said over and over, these were cities that the, that the walls touched heaven. They were so big and so mighty, and they were men of such um, huge stature. Uh, here's one in particular of a guy. Uh, old King Bashan, he remained of the remnant of the Rephaim. So you have the Rephaim, everybody knows, well, maybe you don't know. Um, the Nephilim is what most people know when you hear about giants. It's what the sons of the sons of God came into the daughters of women. So beings from other planets probably came and had sex with the women of our planet and created the Nephilim. Those were incredibly tall giants, right? So they're Three, there are two other words for these same kind of beings. So Nephilim, the Rephaim, and the Anakim. All those three things mean basically the same thing when you go back and you look at it. Most people don't know that, I, I don't think, but um, they're all basically the sons of the giants. When, he, when people talk about so the Rephaim, the Nephilim, and the Anakim, all about the same thing. Um, behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not the rabbi of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth of it, after the cubit of a man. So <clears throat> it's detestable. Um, obviously, the word cubit, there's rural cubits, there's other cubits, but I'll go back here and let's show you. Agabashan, some people say he was 12 to 18 feet tall. And, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, these are giants. They, they meant like men of great stature, men of great wisdom and knowledge and things they shouldn't have known that came out. If that's true, why are they telling you the size of this dude's bed? You know, why do, why do they tell you the size of their swords and the size of their shields and the size of their spears? Like the, calling these people giants in, this, in, this, in, the, in the way that they're smarter or they have more understanding, it doesn't add up. I think that's just people who don't haven't read the Bible. They haven't read these other stories and they're just making stuff up to the, kind of fills in the holes of their story of history because the Bible is full of stories telling exactly how tall these guys are. Again, because of the cubit situation and different kinds of cubits, it's hard to say, but I mean, we're talking about a dude that was 12, maybe to 18 feet tall or more. Bashan was a humongous man. Um, and so here's some skeletons of stuff that have been found. Uh, you know, people say Goliath was 
10 and a half feet, you know, give or take some. Here's Aug at 12 um, and different people. And then here's one um, and the Carthagens uncovered, you know, an earthquake of 36 foot tall being. Um, and again, it, I, I don't think we're talking about a 36 foot tall homo sapien that just happened. His pituitary gland was overworking. He happened to be 36 feet tall. I'm talking about a, another species of hominid that was far beyond uh, capacity and stature, muscle, and all the things that we think of as when we think of as a hominid being. This dude was a monster at 36 feet. He wasn't just a, a 36 foot tall. Um, and again, these things are hard to find. I mean, it's even to do research nowadays on these things, it's hard to get all the information on it. It's really limited. Pictures are limited. Information is limited. You really got to search for a long time to find a lot of things. Um, not only is the physical matter, the bones, the some of the weapons, you know, the stuff in history that's been lost to us, probably a lot of us in the Vatican and the basement, but um, you know, it's the information now that's being completely just, um, you know, destroyed and, and, you know, pushed out. And, you know, Google's not letting certain things be looked at and researched. And I remember researching these things 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago. And I, I remember typing giants in and, and finding things that um, were incredible, you know. And now it's like you type in giants, you get some Super Bowl stuff, you get some football teams, you, you get, you know, um, a jolly green giant and you know paul bunyan and stuff you just don't get the good stuff that you're looking for it you have to work really hard to find these things now but again like i said in the bible there are tons of um stories of giants and giant families you know even goliath because we don't really we don't know but in the jewish midrash giant uh goliath was a giant from a giant family he wasn't one random dude who was just big his family was big his brothers were big his kids were giants um this dude was from a whole giant family he was from another species of of hominid i believe i don't think this guy was a homo sapien i think he was something different um and again probably what we call the nephilim the Raphaim, um those kinds of people who you know like i said they had sex with the women of the earth they created humongous giants and then you know as those those guys had sex with other women and they started to get smaller over time but the initial from those who came from the heavens and had sex they created the biggest ones and then it started to dwindle down as time went on um, but certainly goliath is probably the most known giant maybe in the world from the past just because the story of David and Goliath, obviously, and David was able to slay the giant with just his slingshot. Um, and we all know that story, but definitely, you know, lots of other stories of wars and fighting uh, throughout biblical times and, and before and after where, um, you know, giants are mentioned and people fighting them. Uh, a lot of times they're bloodthirsty dudes who love to eat humans. Um, so one of the things about giants is they do die. They're not, they don't live forever. This is what is called a giant's grave. It's a dolmen, D-O-L-M-E-N-S. Um, and they're found mostly in Europe, um, France, all in that area, all, all over. Um, and it's basically like, you know, just a signature grave that, that, um, maybe giants built that 
were basically burying their brothers or their families or something, but they're huge rocks that normally they take a couple rocks straight up and down. And as you can see, the a top rock is laid over the top um, to create, I guess, something that's probably makes it really difficult to dig up underneath here. I mean, you would have to have um, some pretty incredible equipment just to knock those things down to dig underneath them. So my guess is, you know, it's to signify that's who's under here, um, but also probably that of a, basically a small security system, you know? So like, it does make it a bit harder for, um, you know, for people to dig these guys up now because they're underneath these huge rocks and they're going to have to get those rocks off to get them, you know, unless they, they figure out another way to do it. But so I guess it's just for security system purposes and uh, to also um, just signify these are great, great individuals, of great stature underneath. Um, we also find the weapons sometimes, you know what I mean? We really... We have found swords and shields and spears that of links and weights that no modern day human is going to be able to swing. Nobody's swinging that ax behind that lady. I believe that's a Minoan ax and they have all kinds of, uh, most of the woods probably deteriorated, but the, the metal, the iron stuff that's built for the ax itself, they find a lot of these things all over the place and some of them are massive. So, I mean, is a, is, are you gonna, make it you know is someone going to just you know make an argument that somebody took the time and the energy and the resources to build something that was unusable for you know uh, for homo sapien or is this something that someone built because it had relevance and it was something that somebody needed to use in battle and they were just a tall giant person that needed something this big i tend to think the latter is that's obviously but it has to be, you know what I mean? There's no reason why you're going to be building these things if you, no one can use them. Uh, one of the great stories of giants was Ferdinand Magellan. Ferdinand Magellan goes down to South America um, in what is now called Patagonia. You know, you guys know the Patagonia sweater. Well, Patagonia is a place. Um, according to Ferdinand Magellan, when he was pulling up to South America, he and all the people on his ship, he wrote that um, he, they saw a giant person dancing and looked like they were singing on the beach, throwing sand up in the air, falling on their heads, and just having a great time. And so he literally takes one of the crew members and sends them off, and he goes and starts hanging out with them, and, and it's a naked giant that they're hanging out with. And um, the word... Patagonia comes from uh they call them Patagones and it literally means big feet that they went on the beach and they saw tons of footprints of of feet that were humongous in comparison to them and there are plenty of drawings and things like that to indicate that these are the kinds of people that they saw these kind of barefooted naked um, I guess sometimes they did wear these things, but, you know, a lot of the literature that I read, um, they were naked practically and that they were just, you know, and this guy, this looks a little bit bigger, but in the stories I read, some of them said that they didn't come up to their waist, that these giants were so big, they didn't even make it to their waist. Their heads didn't come to the waist of the people. But I find that to be incredible 
that a whole entire land that's called Patagonia based on people who are huge and have much bigger feet. I mean, again, when these, these explorers, Fernand Magellan, you know, I mean, Strait of Magellan, you're talking about, you know, this incredible explorer who goes all over the world looking at things. I don't think he's just going to make something up, you know, at some one place that he went to like, Hey man, we saw these people that were so tall. We only went to their waist. And, um, you know, so we even named the land after those people, basically that when we went there, um, this, it doesn't jive to me that, uh, that these are made up stories and with the drawings and the things that they put in their diaries and stuff, it just, um, you know, I mean, I, I think these are real stories, real accounts. Jacob, yeah, the the uh, tale of the the large people in Chile and Patagonia region is true, and it's part of archaeological record. But one thing to realize is that people were shorter then, and so they they were large, and there are, as I understand, bones that have been recovered, and but they were. As far as I know, they were Homo sapiens in that case. And I mean, there were a, a race of giant people that were pre-Inca that made the forts that overlooked um, the Amazon. Mm-hmm. And the, it's such a thing in South America. There's a fort in Barranquilla, Colombia, where the openings are like four foot high because the bad guys were taller. Mm-hmm. And so they had made the fort to exclude this larger peoples. Um, but, and every now and then you'll run, I knew a guy in Venezuela was eight foot tall or from Venezuela, but they, every now and then you'll see someone in say Peru who is two heads above the average Peruana, Peruana, uh, Peruvian. And, um, so it it still occurs. It's just as coming out in, you know, uh, the hidden genetics. And yeah, I mean, even the uh, the whole story of uh, Wonder Woman, right? It's based on the Amazonians, uh, large women from South America. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying these weren't necessarily Homo sapiens, but you know, even if they're five feet tall, you know, beings, and they only come to their waist, that means they're still, you know you know 10 feet tall probably at least you know if you go up someone's waist that means they're almost twice as tall as you that's a pretty big difference so um you know it's just very interesting i think dan's right they're they're definitely true stories um i'd love to see some bones i'd love to see some more stuff but again with a lot of these things i think it's open and shut cases when those things are found it's taken over by governments and, you know, it's just not something that's put out in the museums where it deserves to be. These, these, these bodies, the skeletons, any mummies or anything like that, they deserve to be in museums for all to see, for all to know about. Um, instead, we're just, we left basically with stories and diaries, entries and things like that. So, you know, we're doing the best we can to put things together. Um, but I think these people were probably remnants of those same types of beings that we we're talking about in the past in the biblical times. They're just getting smaller over time. Um, but I do think there's some big people still out there, still today on this planet. And so, yeah, again, they 
They have lots of cool little drawings and pictures from different journals and different things. This one from 1764, um, but just really cool that they were entire you know beings. And like I said, where are they at now? Where are those people at now? Um, in Central America, so we're moving from South America, Central America, same thing. Um, this this comes from the Codex Vaticani. Again, I'm hard pronouncing these things. Vaticanus, uh, basically an old Greek Bible, older than the current Bible. And this picture comes out of that um, uh, from Central America that these Quan Quinamensen, the Quinamensen, I believe I'm saying that right were giants about from the Aztec culture. And the Aztecs said that there were giants there that they had to defeat and take over. These people, these giants, and their culture and their folklore and their mythology and their history were said to have built the temples in their area. So Chichen Itza, uh, Teotihuacan. Teotihuacan means the place where man becomes God. They said, according to them, these were the people, the the Quinnamensen were the ones that built the the, the temples and the, and, the, and the stuff in Mexico that we all go see today that we, you know, attribute to other people. They said these things were built by giants. And um, so I tend to think, you know, that could be exactly what's happening. These are um, people who probably did build this. I mean, again, it's hard to say exactly, you know, every single one, every single temple, but you know, the fact that there are stories all around the world, from the Bible to Central America, South America, and we'll see some others here in a minute, but giants being in the legend, partly of building great temples and dwelling in them, and then eventually, um, you know, modern day homo sapien type beings being able to take them over. And then we'll move up to <clears throat> North America. And in North America, and we have all these um, mounds. I don't know if you guys ever been to the mounds, mostly in the east, um, Serpent Mound. Uh, I, I used to frequent Etowah Indian Mounds in Cartersville, Georgia a lot. That was my place to go. Um, but there are mounds all up and down the Mississippi, uh, east side, Iowa, Illinois, um, Missouri, tons of huge mounds, sometimes 60 feet tall, where people are just taking earth and building up mounds. It seems like, you know, why would someone do this? Um, no one's really sure today exactly what, what was going on there. And I'm open to all kinds of suggestions. But one of the things that people say they see when they find these mounds is there are giants inside of them. So in this picture alone, it says Serpent Mound, seven foot tall. And we've got all the way up to into West Hickory, Pennsylvania, where an eight, 18 foot tall being was found um that's just a massive you know being you know are these native americans according to them no native americans uh did not call these people uh their own these were giants and they had legends of them that were man-eating people similar to the ones of uh, other cultures we've already talked about a very really cool story um these Native Americans chase these red-haired giants into a cave in Nevada, what we now call Nevada. Um, it's called now Lovelock Cave. And the Native Americans, a huge group of them, chase these giants into the cave and wanted them to come out so they could, you know, fight them. But the giants wouldn't come out. 
And so they set the cave on fire and killed them all. And, um, you know, obviously they left them there. And then later in the early 1900s, these um, guano miners, guano bat poop, you know, people who are going to go collect bat poop for whatever reason, um, they go in this cave, Lovelock Cave in Nevada, and they find uh, skulls, bodies, some seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, reports up to twelve feet tall, rare red-headed giants. Um, the Smithsonian took this over, uh, and those bodies are no longer to be found. Um, the only thing is I've seen is these couple of skulls right here. Even on the show Ancient Aliens, they go back and they look at them, and they have to go into a back room not out in the open to see these skulls. They're not out and just openly displayed out with other things. And obviously they don't show the bodies and no one knows who the bodies are. So the Smithsonian comes in, takes over, takes all the stuff. And now we don't have any record of it at all, really, except for these skulls that happen to be in the back that they aren't displayed with anything else. Very sad. Um, I think it's very sad, but it's very obvious that there is a huge cover up to keep us to knowing that giants still exist. And um, here's one of the pictures from Lovelock Cave of one of the one of the beings that they found, uh, red-haired giants. Um, so we're talking about lighter skin, red-haired people. Um, you know, not not like the dark-skinned, dark-haired people of the Native Americans that we know of. These are completely different, completely different sizes. And what's funny, even today, is that. People still say they see large footprints around Lovelock Cave. Um, so are all the giants gone? I don't know. Maybe there's some still around. I think it's definitely possible. Um, they're just very careful about getting out there because they don't want anybody to get them within, with good reason. And uh, when I was talking about the mounds, or this is similar. I think this is Etowah Indian Mounds. Um, but these, are, these kind of mounds are all over the east, uh, northeast, southeast, eastern part of the United States. Um, and like I said, inside them, a lot of times they do find bones and often big bones, big giant bones. And, um, you know, uh, maybe they're just giant's graves. Uh, maybe this was easy for someone to build. Maybe the giants built these, who knows. But I think they've been around for a lot longer than people give them credit for. Um, and so these next couple of pictures, obviously, I am not trying to convince anybody that these are real. I honestly don't know. Um, I hope some of them are real. I hope they're not all fakes. I'm sure some of this one looks fake to me, but they're just really for reference more than anything. So, you know, obviously, you know, there are things that are found out there. And um, sadly, eventually someone comes along and finds out what they're digging up and they get rid of it and they um, you know, sweep it under the rug and so people don't get to talk about it. People don't get to see it. It doesn't go into a museum where they belong, where they deserve to be. So we can see this history and we can put it together instead of the history that's in a history book that we're told, this is how it all went down. This is how it all happened. Um, and, you know, it's sad that we lose the, this history and, and we're not able to find out exactly what happened in the past. What, you know, are all these just myths and things that happened, but certainly, um, the legends, the stories, the artifacts, the weapons that we find, it all couldn't be just some large figment of someone's imagination or, um, you know, just completely stories to tell kids or something. It's, it, there's way more to it. Um, there, I believe that there have been giants. 
um, that we have dug up big bones like this before. Uh, I have no doubts, even in America, uh, even stuff like this, I think footprints like this, they exist, they're out there. Um, getting the information on finding where exactly this footprint is, is tough. You know, unless you're someone like Michael Tellinger, this one is a great one. Uh, you have to zoom in and look at it, but um, this is basically hard rock now. But this looks like a giant footprint. You can even see the toes of what this used to look like. It was like a muddy area. And this giant hit it and his foot slipped up a little bit and pushed it up and curled up the mud at the end as he pulled his foot out. And um, there's no doubt to me that this is a footprint. And if that's a footprint and it's, you know, almost the size of Tellinger himself, this is in Africa. Um, you're talking about a really big dude, you know what I mean? A really big dude. This is not a homo sapien that has a pituitary gland that's out of control. This is something different. It's something way different. And um, I think this is a good indicator that this is it happened. There's evidence. Even if we can't get the bones, there's other evidence sometimes that, you know, there's no, you can't come up with any explanation that's going to make this exist. I mean, this is either something that's just fake um, and I've seen, like I said, dozens, dozens of pictures of people. I've heard Michael Tellinger talk, sitting there and talk videos and, uh, and videos and talk about this picture while he's sitting there and talking in front of it. I believe him. I think he's an incredible dude. He's got a lot of stuff going on. If you don't know about him, let me know. He's doing some big things with money and stuff to uh, stop the centralized banking system. But um, yeah, this, this is, I believe, is a, this, I believe is a real footprint of a real giant that was in the past. And they even tried to get a little zoom in here you can see the toes and how the, the big, you know, big toe on the right and the smaller toes are in there and how all this stuff comes up like it's mud. And, you know, just, it's a fossil almost now, basically. I mean, and fossils and stuff like this are incredibly rare. It's way less than 1% of all the animals that ever existed turn into fossils. A fossil is a, just an absolute miracle on top of a miracle to happen. Something like this, a footprint in the sand, you know, in the dirt that turns into rock, it's just a miracle. I mean, I mean, we even have now footprints next to dinosaurs. People say people didn't live with dinosaurs. I 100% believe that people live alongside dinosaurs. And um, the evidence shows that there are literally footprints that are found that we have found right alongside dinosaurs. So, um, you know, history as we know it is really, uh, you know, different from what we've been told, vastly different. And so there's, this is another giant here that I feel is imperative to talk about because these giants for sure still exist. The wild man, the wild people. Um, when I was talking about the Sumerians earlier and talking about the Anunnaki coming down, when the Anunnaki are coming down, they are coming down and uh, mixing their DNA with the modern day hominids on the planet. So you're talking about Cro-Magnon men, Neanderthals, Paleolithic men, people, whatever. These are gorilla type people. These are primates. You know, we're you know, obviously the homo sapiens are primates too, but these are cone shaped heads, no necks, big bones. So they have really big muscles. And the Neanderthal that we see in a history book has just got less like this big brow ridge, a little bit more hair. I think that is just a, you know, just a figment of someone's imagination that's not true. Um, you just going to tell me they just look a little bit different than homo sapiens? Probably not. I mean, of course, again, they have the bilateral symmetry, two eyes, one nose, one mouth, all the things. But I'm talking about all those 
all those Cro-Magnon, Neanderthals, Paleolithic, they all look similar to this. Homo sapien is the hominid that looks nothing else, looks nothing like the other hominids on the planet. And so this is from the Robert, um, Roger Patterson in the Gimlin film in 67. And people say that this is a fake, a man in the suit. Man, if this is a man in the suit, it's the best man in the suit costume that's ever been. Because we, I don't think there's a suit that you can put on and walk around today where you can see, go back and look, you can see all the muscles in her body are flexing as she walks. She has a herniated disc in her right leg, right about where my cursor is. When she's walking, it pops. You can see it pop. So she literally has a herniated disc popping along as she walks. She's got an injury. And her mammary glands, her boobies are literally jiggling up and down as she walks through the woods. Now, I don't know that there's a, there's a, you know, a gorilla suit out there today that could look, that could do that. I don't believe that only they can. Um, this is a real bona fide video of one of the best that we have. And I believe now we have some really good ones out there too, but this is, this is the, you know, this is the holy grail of videos of the Sasquatch people. But certainly there are good pictures and videos now that are out there. This is just one that I chose because it is so famous, but this is a female. And, um, you know, one of the things that we have to think about is this is not, although this may at first look like a gorilla, you know, type of animal, when we get to thinking about it, these are going to be giants, hum, giant, you know, species that is probably even much more intelligent and evolved than we are. And so what we have to consider is that <clears throat> I don't even know 100% what the um, percentages of humans that on the planet, I don't know if anybody really knows the accurate, it's probably like 50% of humans on the planet believe that Sasquatch people exist, right? Of course, when you go to different areas, different places, even if you go somewhere uh, like Mount Rainier in Washington, I mean, there's statues and stuff all over, a lot more stories than somewhere else in a big city where people around that area know that Sasquatch people exist. But regardless, whatever the percentage is, a lot of people on our planet still don't believe they exist. Everybody in their species knows humans exist, 100%. They're already one up on us, big time. And they don't care about our politics and our religion and our light beer and our stupid TV shows that we watch on television and the things that we go to. They don't care about that. They care about each other. They care about uh, their families, you know, taking care of each other. I think they live longer. Um, and, and, and they're different kinds of them too. So and go back and look into this picture a little bit more ape-like. Split to a picture like this. This looks a little more human. This looks more like more like Neanderthal type, what we're what people talk about. And there are literally people who say, I've seen Sasquatch, it looks really gorilla-like. And there are people who say, I saw Sasquatch, it looked like a man. It looked like a human. Um, they're different kinds that I've heard different terms. And one of the terms for the human ones seem to be the ancient ones. Um, ancient people who they are, they are people. They have their own language. I believe they can speak our language. Um, I think that they can pick up on uh, anything a lot faster than we pick on. They're much more in like a childlike state than we are. So they're able to adapt and learn and grow and evolve faster, much more faster than we are. 
they could learn a language in probably about pretty much a day, you know, the, the, the main things, just picking up on things and listening to things where it takes us a lot longer. Now, you know, a small child can pick up on languages pretty quickly within weeks or months and have a lot of things mastered. But I think the, I think the synopses here are firing much faster. They're not eating processed food. They're not eating garbage. They're not drinking fluoride, fluorinated water. I mean, these are the organic humans. And what we talk about Neanderthals and stuff that are, you know, five feet tall for the most part. I believe over the course of their evolution, these guys are getting bigger. These guys are, and some are still smaller, but the, these ones that we're seeing in North America, that some people say are 10, 11, 12, some people say 15 feet tall, they've seen uh, Sasquatch people. These are the modern day organic giants. And some of them, because of their consciousness, because of their awareness, are becoming more enlightened Many of them, on average, are much more enlightened than the average uh, Homo sapien. And, you know, their highest peak of individuals with their highest awareness is much more higher than our awareness of our people. So when we go back and talk about the highest people, you know, the enlightened ones, the Jesus, the Buddhas, the Krishnas. Um, one of the things in particular that Christ said when he came back, he said, I'll be having red glowing eyes. Uh, when people see the Sasquatch people, they have eyes shine, and they do, too, have red glowing eyes. I believe that's not because they're demonic monsters. I personally believe the reason that, that Christ was come back with his red glowing eyes, like in Star Wars and things, um, is his fire inside of his body. We're all made of earth, air, water, and fire, and his fire and their compassion and their passion is so heightened. They're literally like burning inside. They're like glowing. Their eyes are lit up with flames like a Christ. And they're able to see and walk around at night perfect. You know what I mean? They, just like the lights on, they can see. Um, and I think that's um, something that they can do. I think that's something that we could do as well. We're just not in that heightened state. But um, I, I, I show a couple of these pictures because I do believe that these giants, many of them, very high magnitude of, of understanding, awareness. Um, of course, we go up into their their areas and stuff like that, and they have to scare us to get us out. But for the most part, most people don't ever say they come after them, that they you know try to do anything to them. Uh, most of them try to walk away and get away from the Homo sapiens. They're not there to cause them harm. They're trying to get away and not be seen as quickly as possible. For the most part, there are some stories of around the world of, of Sasquatch is um, definitely attacking and killing some people for sure. Some would definitely seem to become more aggressive than others. Um, but there is no doubt all of the world um, in certain areas, especially with high precipitation and things, that these giants still 100% exist. And um, I think this one probably right here is a juvenile uh, uh, Sasquatch beings. Oh, baby. Yeah, baby, a juvenile. Yeah, and he's going to grow into Big Daddy over here. Um, and one of the things, you know, these pictures right here in particular, I think are really great, but they come from a guy named Todd Standing. He's, uh, you know, a field researcher finding Sasquatches. And, you know, some of his videos are just incredible. I can't believe with some of the things he gets. And I've seen a, one of his videos where Sasquatch, like, runs up a mountain in two steps. It's, I mean, he's just like, holy smokes, how did that thing do that? Um but 
when you go back and you read some of your biblical stories and talk about some of these hairy people and these giants that they're talking about, I can guarantee you that some of these are Sasquatch type people. These organic, you know, humans, um, not domesticated humans like these that we have become. We are domesticated. We live on concrete. You know, we buy food at the grocery store. We're not wild anymore, right? And we're becoming more wild. We're becoming more infatuated with, with these kinds of stories and these kinds of things and uh, going and living on the land and being self-sustainable. This is the ultimate self-sustainer right here. This is the guardian of the forest, the master of the woods. Um, the guy that we, the guys and girls that we can take some pointers from, you know what I mean? These dudes do it all day long and their consciousness is much higher than that. And so I believe the fact now that we're seeing 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 foot tall Sasquatch people, I believe that many of these hominids that we call Sasquatches or Bigfoots have moved into fifth density awareness already and that they are already um, moving into that. And with that, they're evolving quickly into these larger type beings. And so these aren't, you know, although they may look more apish than, than like us, they need their hair to stay warm. And, um, you know, we, we wear clothes and stuff and we're still cold and we have to put big jackets on. Um, you know, like I said, we're domesticated. It seems like almost like we're de-evolving than evolving. Um, but these guys certainly have mastered niches that we don't live in. Um, they obviously have smelling capabilities, excuse me, hearing, hearing capabilities, survival skills, what to eat in the woods, what not to eat in the woods. Um, and to me, when Terrence McKenna talks about uh, food of the gods in his book, and he's talking about like, you know, um, ape-like beings, hominids starting to eat mushrooms to evolve. I think that's true, um, but I don't think it was, they evolved from them into us. I think that they evolved into, you know, Lucy, you know, like the, the old hominid Lucy that we found in Africa a couple million years old. And they, they start to become more Sasquatch, more higher awareness from that. I don't think that we necessarily, we didn't evolve from them, but certainly I think that their DNA is in us. The Anunnaki DNA is in us. We're hybrids. And I think they kind of put a little governor on us to not be able to use our brains as often as we should, as deep as we should. We can. It's just like a by trip bypass. We've got to figure out how to get bypass these little walls and stuff that, that are there. But we're we're definitely products of both of them. So we have that wild mentality within us and we have that alien outer space mentality as well. We can use both of these aspects of where we came from and how we've evolved to our advantage. Um, but we have to know where we came from and how we came about. That fused chromosome in, in the chromosomes to me is the, the, the game stopper when it comes to how humans evolve. I just don't think that we uh, naturally evolved with that fusing of the chromosomes. I think it had to be done that way. Um, and we've just been altered and not good or bad or whatever. It, it just is what it is. And you know we need to use it to our advantage eventually. We can use it to our advantage if we really, really want to. That's what's super important here is realizing that um, our ancestors are giants. We have incredible capabilities deep down within us and we need to use them 
upon doing this uh, research, I found this picture and it just struck me hard because I often believed that the military had gone and, and captured Sasquatch people and probably other giants around the world because I don't think they're all gone. There are other Sasquatch people, there are other large humanoid type beings around the world. And I do believe that our military probably has some dead and some alive that they actually captured. It's totally possible these, these guys are totally, um, you know, just because they're bigger and stronger, move faster and quicker doesn't mean they can't be caught. It doesn't mean that they can't be killed. Um, and certainly when we have enough time and money, we're gonna go out there and do those kind of things, unfortunately. Um, so when I saw this, I was like, man, I do believe this is something that really is, have, has happened before. And we probably do have some captured, sadly, nothing that they're gonna let you know the, the modern day person know about, but I certainly do think that's possible. Um, but back to the fact that evolution. So I was talking about the evolution of the Sasquatch people becoming larger beings because they're literally evolving. And so are we right now, we are, we're more different to Neanderthals uh, it, just because of the past evolution that we've happened in the past couple thousand years. Um, we're more different from than them than we were when Homo sapiens seemed to first come about. Our DNA is literally transforming, it's evolving, it's, it's changing. And so one of the things that seems to me is that spontaneous evolution is really how things work metamorphosis if you will basically the caterpillar becoming the butterfly um there are points in history where all of a sudden this resonant energy in the earth the schumann cavity resonance gets to be at such a high level things just change abruptly um, when you look at uh, i talked to dan about this not so long ago um when you look at evolution when we see these Cro-Magnon men, Neanderthals and Homo sapiens and Pelican men, we don't see these people changing over millions of years from one to the other. That's not how it happens. You have one and you have the other. And throughout human history, we've seen different types of hominids on the planet. The Cro-Magnon men, Neanderthals, Homo sapiens, all on the planet at the same time. And we just want to, we just want to believe at this point so we feel safe that only Homo sapiens exist now, which I know that's not true. There are definitely still different kinds of species on the planet today. But I think what's being hidden from us is that spontaneous evolution is what is available to us. And so man is in the process of changing to forms of light that are not of this world. I think what, what we can become at certain parts of our evolution is, is only limited by our imagination. Uh, I believe that there is a zero point that's coming. And when that zero point hits, what you believe is possible is possible for you. If you think it's the end of the world, it will be the end of the world for you. If you believe it is a new beginning where new processes and new evolution takes place, the new ideas, new civilizations, educations, technologies, all the things, not even new, just Re rebirthed basically we'll have the same things we had in the past again i think that's possible that we will see humans spontaneously evolve from a fear-based small statured small bones into a large 
robust, strong, powerful being that we were intended to be, that we were intended to evolve into, like we see in Avatar movies like that. Um, I literally believe that humans can, not all of us will. Yes, we're talking about a portion. I mean, I, I don't think a lot of people make it through zero point. An even fewer amount will evolve into these beings that I'm talking about. But I do believe uh, a small group of people who uh, believe in love um, and not just believe in it, you know it, you feel it, it emits from you. Love is a more as a more sporadic wave pattern that literally touches more parts of your DNA and flips on the switches of telepathy. I always say that word <laughs> terribly. Um, telep telepathy, um, hands-on healing, uh, all-knowingness, audio clairvoyance, all the things, right? So, um, and fear is a much higher wave pattern, lower crescents, higher troughs, higher crescents, lower troughs, um, and doesn't touch those parts of the DNA as much. So when we live in love, compassion, gratitude, we're literally turning switches on the DNA. When this zero point hits, bam, baby, I'm talking about I think that we will evolve into these giants again, that this is not something that happened in the past. It's over. These beings still exist. They're beings that are still evolving into giants. In my personal humble opinion, I believe as we gather up more, um, more information, more light, more love, basically saying that our spiritual bodies are bigger, right? So I'm a human and, and I'm, Christ or a Buddha or whatever, and my light that's emitting from me, my pineal glands open, my heart's open, I'm emitting large amounts of light and awareness and information, and um, I'm awake, right? Everybody's talking about I'm awakening. That's when the Buddha was asked what he was, he said, I'm awake, and I think that's, he was awake. He was awake in the dream, right? And when we get to that level of awareness, and we no longer have to incarnate into bodies and forget who we are, right? That we can actually remember from then on out, we become masters of the universe. And in my humble opinion, I believe every single earth world was once a human like us, once an ascended being like us, that every star is a conscious being that's aware. So the earth lives for millions and billions of years, the sun, the stars live for even longer than that, the galaxies that's inside them, even longer than that, the galaxy is a double helix spiral wave pattern, just like your DNA. The whole universe is literally consciousness. And even the universe itself was probably a being just like you, just like me before, until it expanded its awareness and its consciousness to a point it was able to harbor planets, stars, galaxies. And that universe is now part of the multiverse. And as each person expands enough, enough awareness, enough information, enough light, you can become your own planet that lives for millions of years to create your own rivers and streams and rock formations and, and have your own children, you know, we are literally Mother Earth's children, and Father, Son, you know, gives us that light to be able to live here, um, these two create a cosmic dance that creates life on it, that's incredible, that's all based on unconditional love, um, we have to let our love be like that, to be giving our light and love out to people, no matter what they do to us or say about us, I think it's imperative to be in that state if you really want to wake up to the fullest amount of your potential and to go on and maybe inhabit larger systems, um, you know, go beyond 
uh, what's being what we've learned and what we've been told as kids to what's possible, maybe being the masters of the universe, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but and I want to leave you guys with this. So Bible, first Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised and perishable and we shall be changed. That is an incredible line <clears throat> about an incredible event that I believe happened in the past that will happen again. And, you know, uh, talking about changing in the twinkling of an eye, bam, something huge just happened. I mean, I believe every single person on here has probably had an epiphany, a revelation, an aha moment, or a eureka moment where something has happened to you or you've mentally been changed. Sometimes a relationship or something comes about, changes you, breaks you down, emotionally changed in that moment. Um, so mentally, physically, we've all had those things that have probably at this point now changes spiritually. And certainly if we can change in all those aspects, in just a quick moment and twinkling of an eye, certainly physically, it would seem the same as well that this body, 99% empty space, that it's literally just a holographic picture. It's moving around and vibrating super fast. It looks solid and sometimes it feels kind of solid, but at the end of the day, it's much more malleable than we think it is. And shape-shifting that we've heard about in different races and aliens and things like that, um, it's not just something that one being or one species can do. Certainly anything that one person can do or one species can do, others can do. And so I do think that it is our royalty right as divine individuals um, crafted from the one that we all will, uh, can, will and can change in the twinkling of an eye. And something physically as different from Homo sapiens as a Neanderthal is to Homo sapien or, a, you know, Paleolithic man, we can literally change into something different. Um, maybe something bigger, maybe something with an elongated skull with more brain capacity. Um, I think all those things are possible. Uh, and some people may change in eight feet, 10 feet. Some people may go, you know, really expand and go all the way. But I do believe that we will see spontaneous evolution in our lifetimes and um, and there will be things that um, that will help us in order to come together to create the change and push back against the force that is keeping us down and keeping us asleep. So the giants have been on the earth uh, back then, after that, and still today, I believe. So I hope you guys enjoy.